Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, it is just me, myself and I, so today's episode might not be quite as long um, as the other ones, but I will still endeavour to ramble on, um, but hopefully within those rambles you will get some gold nuggets um, and learn a little bit. If you do enjoy these podcasts, uh, all I would say is please do share them with uh, anyone you feel would get benefit from them. The whole idea behind these podcasts is just to try and help impact as many people's lives in a positive way through education when it comes to bodybuilding um, and how we can be or help us become an elite version of ourselves. So I guess I'm just going to get stuck straight into the topics, the, the topics plural of this episode. And at first I'm going to talk a little bit about recomps, the sort of what and why behind them. But then, uh, later on in the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about protein, uh, which is something that you're probably wondering, oh, fuck, well, you've not actually spoken about that um, on any of the episodes, and, and you'd be right. So what I'm going to do is talk about the, the difference between what we'd call a complete protein and an incomplete protein, and why you need to be aware of that if you are trying to add on as much muscle mass as you possibly can. But firstly, um, the reason... I wanted to speak about recomps is that I think it was one of Clara's clients the other week um, messaged and said, you know, what the, what is a recomp and, and why do we do it? And that sort of um, prompted me to write an article that is on the, on the website for it. But I thought, you know what, for any of the, the beginners um, that are kind of getting into bodybuilding that listen to the podcast, they, they probably want to know about it as well because I understand that not everyone wants to, to read an article but at the same time you might have some headphones in your ear and that might be a bit more beneficial to you. So you know you may have heard someone say that they've just completed their recomp and you're probably thinking well what the fuck does that mean and at the same time you're maybe confused because you're thinking well what do you, what do you mean this recomp when you just want to add a bit more muscle mass. Now the word recomp um, in the fitness industry is what we like to call a short dieting phase. You know, it's going to stand for you know like a body recomposition. It's just basically the process by in which an individual is going to aim to drop you know body fat whilst holding holding on to muscle mass. But what I would say is ideally typically done in a shorter period of time than we would usually typically see a, an extended dieting phase for the likes of a of a show or a or a photo shoot. Or whatever it is. So, you know, ideally you're kind of wanting to get these out of the way and done with in like an eight, maybe a ten week period. It really depends on on the person's like on the person's composition, right? How much body fat they're holding. And a lot of the time when people come on board uh, as clients with myself and their ultimate whole goal is to get bigger, they're often confused at why I'm the first thing I'll do is just pull them down. They, they at times can maybe perhaps not understand it. So I hope that this podcast will give a little bit more more clarity because you're probably thinking, well, why the hell would I diet if my goal is to to get bigger? And you know, back in the day <laughs> when I uh, when I didn't know much about weight training or, or nutrition or anything like that, um, I used to think the same. And I was on like a I was on like a perma bulk all year round, if I'm honest. But um, but here's the thing: like when it comes to bulking. As we push our calories up, you know, of course we add muscle mass if we're progressing lifts in the gym. But simultaneously, we are going to add small amounts of body fat. Now, over time, there comes a point that our body fat levels start to increase uh, above um, 
our body's ability to for muscle mass to, to kind of keep up right so we we start to lay down more body fat or we start to lay down body fat more readily than we would lay down muscle mass we effectively, we effectively become a little bit less efficient at adding that muscle mass and you're probably wondering well how, how does that happen well as we accumulate body fat you know our body will drive say glucose that we've that we've uh, digested from the food we've eaten into muscle mass but also fat cells so once once those fat cells are effectively full or once we've been pushing for a long time that insulin starts to more readily push that glucose into fat cells than it would do muscle mass so you, ha- you have a scenario now where by if we bulk past a certain point you start to lay down more body fat at a higher rate than you're going to lay down muscle mass now I'm sure you can pro- probably already tell that this isn't a good place to be. Not if your goal is to, to add as much muscle mass as possible because it's at that point where if you continue to mass, you you will just get fat. <laughs> there, there's no there's no doubt, uh, doubt about it. So you kind of, once you reach that set point, that's when a, a short dieting phase would be, would be wanted. And you... I get that when you listen to this, you're probably thinking, but Vaughn, like, how do we, how do we know that that set point has been reached? You know, how can we judge on on whether it's a good idea to start a recomp? And well, what I would say is, you need to be aware of where that person, client, or individual, um, lays down body fat. Like, where's their stubborn areas, and. For the most part, for us guys, that might be in our chest, lower abdomen, um, sometimes lower back. For our females, it's going to perhaps be hips, glutes, lower abdominals. And if we start to see sort of big jumps up in scale weight, and we start to see like it coincides with those areas starting to, I'm not going to say blow up, but I think then that that's the the best sort of layman's terms description I could give you. And we start to see those areas blow up. Um, that at that point, we're thinking right. We need to, we need to pull back. But that's not that's not the only reason why you would have a recomp. Sometimes, and I do this with many of the the my male clients that are assisted. Sometimes there comes a point where you've been pushing for so long that appetite is just in the ditches, and someone like has a, a physical. Or someone has an inability to get the amount of food in, so it's at that point when if they, you know if their appetite is is shit, well we can't continue to mask because we know that to to add muscle mass we need to gain weight, and if we can't gain weight if we can't put a bit more food in the tank, so it's at that point well we know if we want to try and improve hunger or appetite signaling should we say. Um, so we would we would diet, we would recomp for the main purpose of trying to regain appetite. So you've got two scenarios there that as a coach you need to be you need to be aware of, and it will not always be. And I guess you should maybe make someone aware, someone aware of that. Uh, like when a client has lost their appetite, I'll always say that there's there's nothing gained by us continuing to mass from here. The only thing that would be thing that would be gained is that but well it's not even that we'd gain anything we just wouldn't fucking go anywhere 
right? We would just feel sluggish all the time. We'd feel sick all the time. You'd eventually get to the point where, and, and I've been, if you're a guy listening to this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you go to eat a meal and you just, or before you've even ate it, you start like gagging at the thought of having to eat. Uh, at that point, please, please recomp. So the main reason we could say, or the majority of the time why people would, would recomp during, uh, um, or, or start before they would start a gaining phase, would be just to put the body in a better position to start to add muscle a bit more effect, efficiently and effectively. So that'd be accomplished by removing a, like a little bit of, of already accumulated body fat that we've had from the likes of a gaining phase, um, which in turn would improve insulin sensitivity, which is a key component of muscle recovery and muscle growth. And I understand that some of you just went, Vaughn, insulin sensitivity, that's a, that's a big word. What does that mean? So I'll take you back to the, the comment I said earlier on in the podcast, which was we have the hormone insulin that is secreted by the pancreas in you know, response to eating food. And what insulin does, it's like a transporter, right? That, that food that we've digested, it helps shuttle or ferry that into cells. So for example, it will shuttle uh, glucose into not only muscle cells, but it will also shuttle it into fat cells. The more body fat we have, the, the more like insensitive we are, like we are to insulin, and it will more readily shuttle that, that food into fat. So as we pull body fat away, we improve our insulin sensitivity and insulin then says, right, I'm going to sh- more readily shuttle that food that you're having into muscle mass. Now, of course, we, we know why that's beneficial, like increased muscular, intramuscular fullness. But if you go back to you know the Perry Workout Nutrition article I've, I've uh, done, the Perry Workout Nutrition podcast I've done on why we want to drive, we want to be very good, our body's ability good, at driving carbohydrates into muscle because it helps us build muscle because in like as a as a consequence of driving glucose or food into cells muscle cells we offset that breakdown process um, we put protein in there at the same time okay we start to upregulate muscle protein building which is of course what we want so what my suggestion would be is that I would like you to be fairly aggressive with a recomp. And by that, I mean, you know, be aggressive with a calorie drop while simultaneously increasing your energy expenditure, uh, whether that be in the form of steps or cardio. And, you know, your main focus throughout this phase is trying to drop as much body fat as possible whilst maintaining the, like, the strength that you've got, if not, like, continuing to trying to progress lifts wherever and whenever you can. Meaning that when you start your next bulking phase, you're just as strong as where you were when you ended, um, when you when you ended the last one. So then you've got an amazing set point to then be like, right, I'm just as strong as I was, but I'm five kilos down, and wait to start a twenty week gaining phase. So we, we approach it like that. You should get excited for how how strong you're going to get. Uh, and I guess to to summarize why we would recomp is that we like. For you to add muscle mass efficiently and to not just get fat, we, we must have a cyclic approach to gaining muscle by which we spend a long period of time in a calorie surplus where we eat more food than we're expending, where we're gaining weight, where we're increasing like weight on the bar, um, and then short periods in between those phases of dropping our calories down, 
mobilizing body fat or removal of body fat whilst maintaining strength. And if you do this multiple times over the years, I guarantee you, your physique will drastically improve and you will just not recognize yourself by the end of it. So I guess that takes me on to the next topic of today's podcast, which was to discuss just incomplete proteins and perhaps a lack of gains in parentheses, if you could call it. Um, Now, if you're listening to this, you know, you know that protein is essential to building muscle, right? You, you more likely track your calories on my fitness pal, you track your protein or you're following a meal plan and you're probably roughly consuming about, let's say, 1.1 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And if you're doing that, like you're on the right lines. But I think if you like, let's say you're a natural athlete, if you want to like maximize the amount of muscle you can add, like you've got to consider the, the type of protein that you are consuming. But... I guess before before I get into that, like uh, we should talk about what the the building blocks of protein are, right? Because if we don't know what they, that they are, that this next sort of five ten minutes might get a little bit confusing for you. So the building blocks of protein are what we call amino acids, right? I'm sure some of you take you know branching amino acids, essential amino acids when you are training, um, and there's roughly about 20 of these give or take you know some people will say there's 20 some might say 21 22 but for for argument's sake we're just going to say there's roughly 20 um and out of that 20 there is nine nine which cannot be made by the body itself now as a result of that they must come from from food right and this is what we're going to call essential amino acids and i hope that you're still with me Right, I'm trying to break this down as, as easy as I can. So there's nine, nine that the body can't make, but they are absolutely vital to stimulating muscle growth and recovery. And for anyone that's clued up, yes, leucine is in is in that in, in those nine, but studies out there that show that the when we have access or when we consume the nine, we'll get more of a stimulation on what I like to call in layman's terms the muscle building pathway right you might know it as the mTOR right but if you are out there thinking that oh it's just leucine that I need to be worrying about well I'm wrong I'm sorry you're wrong and you've got to be thinking of the whole nine consumed together now that went off on a little bit of a (laughs) of a side tangent but coming back to it like you're thinking right okay Vaughn nine out of twenty I'm with you so far so let's go back to that complete versus incomplete protein sources. So a, com- a complete protein source is going to be one that has the like these essential amino acids in it. And the this is going to come from the likes of poultry, whey, meat, fish, dairy. Uh, even the likes of quinoa and soy-based products will have all the essential amino acids in them. Now, on the other hand, incomplete proteins will... will be ones that don't contain all of the essential amino acids. And, and they're going to be proteins that you'd find in the likes of you know, breads, pasta. Now, I know that it's at this point, if you're listening, you've probably, you know, you've taken out your phone, you've looked at my fitness pal from yesterday, <laughs> and you're trying to think of, fuck, how much grams of my total intake am I getting 
from the likes of breads, pastas, tofus, etc. And and you're probably finding that it's more than likely a lot. If you've never thought of this so far, um, it will be 100% that you're getting, I would argue, at least 40-50 grams um, of your total intake from this uh, if your calories are in a reasonably high high position. So if this isn't something you've considered to date, it's something that you should definitely be looking at from now on because it will increase your body's ability to recover from, let's say, the, the work you've done in the gym and help you add, add muscle mass, right? And the, the reason I say so is we are in, like, our body throughout the day is in a constant, constant battle between muscle protein building and muscle protein breakdown. But here's the thing. Muscle protein breakdown, if we describe them both, if it's a battle, right, then they're both an, they're both an army, right? The breakdown army is very, very strong, Right, and it likes to fucking batter the, the, the muscle protein building side army. So what that army needs is it needs constant reinforcements. This is this is a like a, as basic as it could get. And how do we give it reinforcements? Well, we do that by making sure we dose protein adequately across the day. So we make sure that we are having at least, you know, let's we, we, we take our um, we take our protein target. Let's say you're a female, for argument's sake, you're having 150 grams of protein. Um, you would want to be splitting those 30 grams, or sorry, that 150 into say 30 gram uh, servings and dosing that five times across the day. Now, what you're doing by or by doing that, what you're giving is you you're constantly topping up that army to help fight. The, the breakdown side and effectively to help the the building side win so that that's a sort of analogy I like to to give across to clients that's not too science based but um, it, it still has sort of the premise behind or the reason behind why we why we do what we do so you're probably wondering right Vaughn well what's your strategy what, what do you kind of do with your with your clients and I would say that I I do not tell them like I don't tell them not to have incomplete proteins because I eat bagels, I eat muffins, and I eat bread. But what I do say is that I, I want them to have a you know a protein target that comes from complete protein sources, and anything out with that, I'm going to tell them not to track towards their daily protein intake or their calorie intake. Now you're probably thinking, but Vaughn, you know that means I'm like, you know, I'm looking at my calories here, and I'm, I'm forty grams over a protein. And what I'd say is that if we if we think about, like, it, we all know if we eat excess carbs, they're really easy and really readily sort of um, stored as, as body fat, right? That's quite a common thing that we know within the industry. One thing I would say though is that excess protein. Is that readily stored as fat? Well, the answer is no. The conversion of protein to fat is is an energy costly process. Now, the body, it's all about survival, right? So anything that, that requires excess energy, um, if it has an option to, to go with a, a lesser like energy expending route, it will. 
And by that I mean is that any excess protein that we do not use in regards to, say, recovery, it's just excreted by the body. It's a fancy word for saying it's just, just effectively pissed out <laughs> via urine um, or metabolised and breathed off as CO2. So, yes, okay, we might be, you know, if we are consuming, let's say our target's 150 and uh, you might be total 180 when you include those incomplete proteins. Even if we know we're a little bit over, we know we have given our body the best fucking opportunity, the best opportunity to grow. And we've not just given it 150 grams of fucking protein from from bagels. And, and really, that that is the, the basics of complete protein versus incomplete protein. Complete proteins, uh, sorry, incomplete proteins, they're not inherently bad. In fact, they're, they're probably found in, 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 the, in the tastiest of foods. You know, you, you have a bagel, there's about 12 grams of protein per bagel or, or, or however much it is, depends on where you're getting it from. Um, per slice of bread, you're going to get four grams from there. And I hope that by listening to this podcast that you, that you haven't just decided to cut out all of those sources, but I just want you to be a little bit more aware of, okay, Am I getting the right type of protein in every single meal to give my body the best opportunity to grow, get fucking jacked, you know, grow big glutes, grow big delts, grow big chest, whatever it is that your goal is, if that if you want to do it, then you've got to be smart with your intake. Personally, what I do, over the years, I think I've gotten not lazy with my intake of protein, but I know that whey protein is the most readily available, like easy, easily digested and absorbed protein out there. I'm talking like a whey isolate, right? Now for, for argument's sake, yeah, you could come at me and say, Vaughn, you know, hydrolyzed whey would be better. Um, I'm saying, yeah, that's fucking expensive. So ever since I have been sponsored by Complete Strength, I have really kind of had a lot more whey across the day than I would have. I'll have one scoop in the morning, I'll have two scoops with my pre-workout, um, so there's three. I then have three scoops post-workout. So there's six scoops already. Um, and there's more than likely I'm going to have another scoop at some point across the day um, to top up anything I've missed. Because I'm on 300 grams of protein, right? Now, at the end of the day, it'll look like I've had 340 grams of protein. But when, when I kind of count back, the, 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 the protein from the complete sources is roughly about 300 um, if you can, if you can afford to have that much whey, go for it. It's, I mean, from a digestive perspective, it's it's awesome. But at the same time, you could argue and say, well, Vana, I'm going to eat more sort of more, more won't eat more protein from meat. Then, then yeah, by all means, go for it. I think cost wise, it's going to be very much the same if you eat chicken three times a day, or you know, chicken or turkey or whatever it is, versus having whey three times a day. And then there's going to be someone out there, someone out there that's saying, Vaughn, I'm a vegetarian or a vegan. You know, can can I still get a complete protein source in? You 100% can. Would I be the best person to, to speak to about that? I'd probably say no. I'd hold my hand up and say that my uh, my clients that are vegans or veggies will probably uh, attest that my my vegan and vegetarian meal plans are probably not the <laughs> probably not the most exciting. But uh, hey, we do have one coach under the brand, um, Clara that is a, is a vegan 
bodybuilder and does very very well um, with her intake not only does she do well with that she does well on the stage um, having her Yuki UP Pro card where she won that last year um, and is set to make the step up to IFBB and Two Bros next year which will be very very exciting so if you're out there thinking that oh my god you know but I'm a vegan how am I supposed to get complete protein sources in there I will just show you Clara and then say that she's the example uh, to follow so I hope that this podcast does help and give you a better understanding on the what why and reasoning behind a recomp the method and the madness um, and at the same time I hope that it's given you a little bit of an insight to what an incomplete protein is why we need to be aware of it and how you can kind of not panic if you if you feel like you're over um, your incomplete proteins but just ensure that you maybe aren't going to count them towards your total intake if you're prepping it's a different story everything counts on prep everything counts on prep but if you're in a gaining phase i honestly would be disregarding your incomplete protein intake if you have any questions on any of these subjects please do not hesitate to drop me a dm on instagram please do share it with others that you feel are going to get a bit more value from it and if there's an episode if you want to hear me speak more about a topic uh, please do feel free to make suggestions um, i often do these in relation to a lot of the articles that i will write because it's usually what the people that i work with have questions about or problems with etc etc but by all means i'm always open to suggestions so whatever you do today guys i hope it is a good one and wherever you are give it the beans <laughs>